Whatnots review show number 250 little milestone for us uh, today. If you guys did not know each week here on the show, we have a different story to talk about. Could be a comic, a movie, an anime, a manga, a TV show, all sorts of stuff. We read it. We watch it. We come back here and we talk about it. My name is Kyle Springer and I am joined by Melissa Wilkinson. Melissa, how are you? I'm doing fine. I We had a lot of stormy weather here in St. Louis this weekend. Did you get those same storms in Oklahoma City? Mm, kind of. Not re- okay. really. We're, we are in that period where it's really rapidly going back and yep. forth. It's tornado season. Um, mm-hmm. we, we have a day this next week that's supposed to get up to 87, but it's also supposed to be windy and rainy and there's stuff like that, and it's just like, oh, yeah, yeah, we're right in the middle of tornado season. I, That's fun. Who knows? We'll live. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Hope you survive the experience. <laughs> right. I, welcome to the Midwest. This is only your second spring living in the Midwest, and this is how it goes. Like, yes. not to uh, not pay respects to the, the serious damage that tornadoes and other severe storms can cause to property, landscape, and life. But Midwest summer storms just, like, fuel us. That's our power. We stand out there on the porch and just, like, point at all the green clouds. We have a great time. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. But um, during all these yeah. storms, my roommate and I put on the movie Bodies, Bodies, Bodies which takes place during a hurricane. It's about all these rich kids that hole up in a mansion to have a hurricane party. And then they play a murder mystery game and then people start actually getting murdered. But when the power goes out... I I know there's like the the younger kids, it's Pete Davidson who's in that, right? Yes. Wasn't there some actor that I was just completely (laughs) baffled at (laughs) why they're in that movie? Yes, the one adult, uh, one of the girls has brought her much older boyfriend, Lee Pace. <laughs> yeah, what? Why is Review Lee show Pace favorite, this? Lee Pace. <laughs> He's great. It is definitely worth watching for him. I We had a great time. It's a real snappy 93 minutes. There's a really interesting twist in it. I sincerely think you would enjoy Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. But when the power okay. goes out in the movie, like one of the girls is covered in glow sticks. And I'm like, wait a minute, I have glow sticks. So my roommate <laughs> and I sat there and watched it in the dark with the, I had like glow stick glasses. Amazing. It's got little plastic connectors. <laughs> You've seen these. I put these on oh, for yeah. Halloween once. Yeah, yeah. So we're just mm-hmm. sitting there in pitch darkness watching the movie through glow sticks. Good stuff. Good stuff. I I went to go see Renfield yesterday, and I know you're going to go see mm-hmm. it after we're done recording this. But I had a great time with that it was a lot of fun for sure um but i i i say we may move on to to what we're here to talk about this week yes an, it's very appropriate that one. you said we are celebrating a milestone mm-hmm. truly this is the title with which to celebrate any milestone yes indeed this week here on the podcast we are talking about the flintstones the comics from i think like 2016 2017 uh written by mark russell art by steve Pugh, uh published by dc comics these are brilliant 
ones. I cannot say enough good things about them. But the reason that we are talking about them here today uh, for our little 250th episode, I thought it would be fun to go back in time to bedrock, to go back in time here at the (laughs) whatnots uh, and cover something that... Well, all right. So to to give a little bit of context, when the whatnots first started, we only had one podcast and it was called, you guessed it, the whatnots podcast. Um, Yes. And it was essentially this show here that you're listening to today. Book club style podcast each week did something new, yada, yada, yada. Um, And so I thought it'd be fun to bring some of my favorite the things from way back on that show back up into this show which is also kind of what these comics are doing essentially yeah. this old ip and modernizing them a little bit more um and yeah i i pitched a number of things this is the one that you picked melissa what what made you want to pick the the flintstones here I've heard such good things about it from you and from everyone who has brought it up. Uh, It is one of the titles that I feel like I really missed out on not getting to cover in your original incarnation of the show. Like if you hadn't already done it, I would have pitched this years ago. I think this concept is so interesting. And I love that there's a series of these. Like this is Mm, also the author who did the Snagglepuss like Southern Gothic drama comic series yeah which also sounds amazing Um, we gotta do that one yeah eventually we will make our way there i I don't remember if they had like some jetsons ones i think they did Mm -hmm. um but then yeah there's the 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 one that's also kind of tangentially in there the scooby apocalypse it's like what if scooby-doo was in the middle of the apocalypse um yes which i I think is also a a fun one uh but yeah the, the, we like I, I remember as these were coming out, listening to podcasts and just hearing people rave and, and just be like, these are this is so great. It's incredible. It's so funny. Um, and then, it, yeah, I, I was like it, it, it was enough that I had to be, be like, OK, let me check this out for myself. Like, I need to go look this up and see what all the hubbub is. Um, and yeah, we read them on the show years and years and years ago. And if you couldn't tell, Melissa was not yet a part of the mm-hmm. show. Um, so we, I covered it with different hosts. Um, and yeah, we just had a blast reading the, these books. They're so much fun. They're lighthearted. Uh, they're funny. There's a, a joke every two seconds. Yes. And it's, it's <laughs> great. Um so, yeah, I, I I'm, really, I'm glad we got to bring the Jays ones up here. I really enjoyed them more than I thought I would even because I I knew they were going to be very satirical and sometimes I don't take satire well. It just makes me feel bad. But these books are also so silly, yes. so yeah. silly. <laughs> like, like I knew I was in good hands that like there was enough sugar to like make all the biting criticism go down real smooth. When Wilma's at an art show of like handprint cave print art and some <laughs> hipster comes up to her holding a twig between his fingers and he says, mind if I vape? <laughs> it's yeah. They're, they're like 
there's there's dumb stuff like that but it, like you said there there is some biting criticism some some mm-hmm. great satire within this and some some just some very poignant moments uh of actual mm-hmm. seriousness um that like there are some some emotional moments in in here that you're just like oh huh yeah i guess i didn't really think about it that way uh or even just the the, the flintstones and because like that is their, their their whole shtick is they, they are the modern stone age yes. family right that was sub- like it's not i said that these comics were modernized but i mean modernized in a sense that like we really only like just made them fit for like the year to like 20 something uh yeah right because like that's what they were doing back in the 50s like it's the same mm-hmm. kind of satire um like that was the whole premise of the show um or even not at like sat hire per se, but just like like they're they're just like you. They go to work. They yes. shop the mall. They go bowling. They go get mm. drinks with the guys at the bar, right? Um, and to, yeah, to to bring them up into twenty twenty. We're in twenty twenty three when we're covering this mm. one now, um, but. Yeah, like they they have just such a great way of doing it. Um, but I also don't think that the satire is so sharp or mm. so poignant yeah. that you'll get lost in it or mm. it's not a big philosophical tr- treatise on politics or religion or anything like that. They do have some nice points Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they have p- points on a lot of different things yeah. it's a good variety so it consistently moves around and changes um but that is maybe my my one critique of the book is that it like it un- unfortunately does not go in super deep with all of the stuff and i kind of would like it to mm-hmm. uh, at certain times but yeah i had a blast re- yeah. reading these days these were great they're not structured the way I thought they would be. I think reading the uh, author's introduction and he's talking about all the different topics he wanted to tackle. I was under the impression that it would be like, this is the war issue. This is the consumerism issue. This is the politics issue. And but it kind it's of really- is, but it's not so <laughs> defined that it's like you will only get everything about consumerism right. in this one thing. Yeah, it's it's less episodic and more sketchy vignette like it yes. jumps around a lot there's all these little scenes sometimes a page it's just like one of the 30 pages or whatever that's in a particular issue but it also operates like a sunday funnies comic yep like it's just from panel one to the final panel on the page like its own self-contained gag that might be like in a whole separate part of the story from everything else it's yeah i like that structure a lot it really keeps you moving around keeps things fresh cool 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 cool. um let's do a quick plot synopsis and then we can get into some (laughs) housekeeping uh and yeah you've heard of them (laughs) yeah uh but then once we get done with housekeeping we will dive into spoilers and all of that good stuff uh so yeah plot well, this book is kind of light right. on the plot. 
Uh, yeah. It is the Flintstones. Uh, but that is the thing. Like, how, do do kids these days know? Are, are they aware of I, the Flintstones outside of vitamins? If that. Uh, um, I will have to check in with my niece. I will show her a God, picture. This makes me feel so old. New kids I- <laughs> don't but they were a weird throwback for us even like we yeah. lived in an era of you know turner networks has got all these hours of programming to fill let's rerun Boomerang. old flintstones and then we had the live action john goodman movie uh and certain things are from that era from that like 60s hanna-barbera timeline are still in the zeitgeist today kids know who scooby-doo is you sure, know, other yeah. things are coming or are being revived or still continue in one way or another. I don't know if there's actively anything for Flintstones, and I don't know if there needs to be anything for Flintstones. Like, if kids today don't know what the Flintstones are, I'm not sure if that is a great cultural loss. Like, maybe when the kids grow up, you know, I mean, maybe when they're like 10 instead of six. And they get really into animation and they want to learn about cartoon history. Like, what did my parents watch when they were kids? What did my grandparents watch when they were kids? Like, then they can discover the Flintstones and be like Flintstones hipsters when they're like 10 years old. <laughs> it, it, I feel like the Flintstones is an IP to bring out like every so often and not once to like constantly reiterate <laughs> yeah. on like like scooby-doo you can just do a mystery a week you can just be like okay mm-hmm. here's a show where they're all kids here's his weird cousin scrappy that no one likes Nephew? here's the i don't know uh but it, i feel like constantly doing that to the flintstones mm maybe kind of is just like all right we've already seen all this stuff maybe again in 50 years right like um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) put it away in the vault it is truly a time capsule exactly but all that lock it into sync with the particular lock it into sync with a particular comet Every 26 right, right, yeah. years, we get a Flintstones reboot, according it's to the, the bedrock stars. comet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like uh, all, 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 all that said, it's the Flintstones. You know them. You love them. Yeah. It's Fred and Wilma and Pebbles and Barney and uh, all, all of the, 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 them. Uh, they're all there. Even the great G- Gazoo is, is, yeah. is here in this. Um, and yeah, the the story kind of follows all of these characters around uh, as they are figuring out society, figuring out civilization. Mm-hmm. It it seems like Bedrock has been around for a little bit, but not super long. Um, like civilization is a fairly recent concept and so you know they're going to the mall or their version of home depot which i forget exactly what they called it they have Um, like a target store called tar pit they go to outback snake house exactly uh but while they're at these places like they're constantly discovering new things that they haven't Mm -hmm. seen like a lawnmower or a weed eater right they're just like what 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 are weeds what, what like why do i need to care mm-hmm. about this um, <laughs> and and so yeah that like you see them buying all of these these new consumer products you see them at work t- 
trying to make money to buy all that stuff or make their partners happy. Uh, you see them in their leisure time as they are trying to make art and sell it and just express themselves and connect to their families and their pasts um, as well as the communities around them. They're trying to understand religion, politics, all of that good stuff. And it it plays out in some really interesting mm -hmm. ways uh, that I think are, are just so much fun. Um, I, I remember particularly liking the stuff about uh, Fred and Barney being vets. I liked yeah. the religious uh, stuff mm -hmm. that was going on there da 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 down to the bit where they're like having to make a sign on their their stuff and things can't fit. So they're like abbreviating yeah. things and just like, oh, OK, clever. I see what you're mm -hmm. doing. Um, but but yeah, it is a mile a minute with with the jokes. Uh, there's visual gags. You mentioned a few yeah. of the stores it's just mm -hmm. it's always in in there there's always yeah. something to look at always something to mm -hmm. laugh at um i love yeah, the art kind of the plot the arts the characters are really expressive like you get so much enjoyment out of just mr slate's face <laughs> just the way people look the way they react very fun we even get cameos from like famous actors <laughs> this is what I love, though, is that it is not at all timely people. You get cameos from Stony Danza and Werner Hertzrock. Like yeah. they did not go for like the hot stars of the time when this comic was being written. They, like, they just grabbed random people out of the right. past. It's, They're like, it's not like these are the puns we like on Beyonce or Rihanna right. or whoever. Yeah, yes. it's, it's Warner <laughs> Herzog. <laughs> God, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I would highly recommend this book. It's only 12-ish issues. Yeah. Uh, the deluxe edition that we read also included a, a 13th issue that was a uh, Booster Gold meets the Flintstones um, mm. thing and it's just kind of this apocryphal tale that follows booster i don't think i'm really gonna say much about it in our no. spoiler stuff um but it's it's in the deluxe one i'm surprised that i don't own this book yet yeah. um at least on my shelf but that this is one i absolutely would like i, I think a nice hard mm -hmm. cover of yeah. of this would be great um but yeah that i think is all i have to say on the flintstones that is spoiler mm -hmm. free uh do you have any kind of last minute stuff or should we get on no. to housekeeping let's do it let's keep that house our all house right. made entirely out of rocks yeah let's do it uh we will be right back here at The Whatnots, we make multiple different shows, and a lot of hard work goes into making them, so we would love it if you check them all out. If you enjoy our shows, patreon.com slash The Whatnots is the best place to show your support. For just a dollar a month, you can get early access to episodes, and at our $3 tier, a Patreon-exclusive podcast, The Pilots Club. You can even get a shout-out and thank you on most of our shows at the $5 tier. And if you're one of our patrons already, Thank you so much. It means the world to us. You can find out more information on our website, thewhatnots.com, as well as your favorite podcasting platform of choice. 
when you type in the whatnots, all of our shows will pop up right there. Just don't forget to give us a nice rating and review if you like the shows. You can also find us on YouTube and Twitch for video versions of the shows, trailer reactions, and live streams. And lastly, we have merch. If you want to grab yourself a shirt or a hoodie or a mug or something else, head over to the whatnots.com slash store to pick up some merch today. Right. Welcome back. Uh, once again, a big shout out to all of our Patreon supporters. We love you. We appreciate Thank you. you. A lot. It means a ton. Um, if you are at the $3 tier and higher, uh, you get access to the Pilots Club this month. Excuse me. This month we covered Bob Patterson, which is just an odd little show. Uh, I, yep. I, I, I like I'm, I'm fascinated by the history of this show. They made 10 episodes. They only aired like five of them, which means it only lasted like a month. And then of the ones yes. they didn't air, they lost a few of them. They just you can't, <laughs> yeah. you can't find them. They're not out there. Yeah. Um, and so, so yeah, we, we got to watch the pilot of, of that. And what an interesting, what an interesting time uh, that mm -hmm. is. It is a good one. Uh, I can give you a sneak peek at what we will be doing next month. And it is the pilot for Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. Um, which is a fun one. I'm watching that sh show with my partner right now, and it is spectacular. It is so good. Highly recommend just watching that whole show. It's out all on Disney Plus right now. I mm. thought it was going to be like I thought it was airing like week by week on there, but I guess it's just all mm -hmm. on there. I don't know. Um, but yeah, it's it's fantastic. Um, so. That is what we're up to over on the Pilots Club right here on the review show. This past week, we watched Super Mario Bros. Yes, the 1993 yes. video game adaption that is just a, a fever wild dream. time. Yeah, it's a fever dream for sure. Uh, but the new animated Mario movie was also out uh, that same week. So we thought, you know what? Why not? Especially after mm -hmm. we had just watched Arcane the week before, which is a like highly acclaimed video game <laughs> adaption show, we had yes. to turn around and be like, "Let's look at one of the worst." <laughs> uh huh. Um, so that was good. That was fun. Go check that out. Uh, over on the Reactor Core, we got our reaction to the Marvels trailer. Uh, you guys can go take a look at that. And then later on today, Melissa and I are returning to the Yellow Jackets uh, and we will be covering uh, episodes three and four of season two. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, and then, of course, over on the Captain's Log, caught up with a bunch of Star Wars news, pop culture news. It was mostly Star Wars just yep. stuff since Star Wars celebration happened last weekend. Uh, but yeah, go go check out all of that good stuff. Um, lots of fun things here at the whatnots that we do. Lots of fun things. Mm -hmm. That being said, uh, let me hit the button for spoilers. Let's get into spoilers on the Flintstones, um, which is a, a, a weird thing to say. <laughs> I, 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 I don't feel like I ever would have thought 
in a million mm. years that my, at some point in my life I would have said this sentence. Let's talk about spoilers for the Flintstones. <laughs> right. He wins the big bowling game. <laughs> Actually, he, he does not. The best. That's the that's the spoiler. That's, that's it. That's the spoiler. He doesn't yeah, win. Yeah, he loses bowling because his armadillo bowling ball turns on him and tries to have a coup. Yeah, <laughs> tries to stand up for himself here. Uh, so, Melissa, let me ask you this then, since I've already read this and discussed it on an older podcast. Let's start with you. Where do you want to start? What stood out? to you what were you expecting not expecting uh i don't know i (laughs) i talked about how the story is not as uh it doesn't like have individual stories about individual topics like it kind of does but there's so much like mishmash together it is very uh sort of slice of life except for like when aliens show up sometimes uh like there's these themes that sort of run and intertwine throughout the whole story. Like I said, it's not like in this issue, we tackle gender politics. Just here we do it. <laughs> um, yeah, I liked that there's always a lot going on. It's a very busy book, but, you know, it's it's just like little mundane life details. So the busyness like never overwhelms you. You're never lost. For sure. You know who yeah. all these people are. Yeah. And I did like the really close look at who are the Flintstones as people. Like one of the things that the story hinges on is it's not like, is humanity good? That is a question it asks. Is humanity good? Is civilization good? But it takes a look at Fred Flintstone, the man, like the great gazoo when he has to show earth to the rest of the aliens, the neighborhood association, the sort of governing alien overlords who will decide if Earth gets to exist or not. And they're going to like scan the brain of an (laughs) Earthling as a test. The Great Kazoo's like, I'm going to pick Fred. Fred's a good average man. And it's something you've never really thought about before. Dino? (laughs) I I, I thought that was was the, 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 like you're expecting him to pick Fred. Oh, oh, yeah. Because like you just saw him like save that one dude at the quarry who got trapped in a cave in right? like all that stuff and you think like oh yeah he's the good guy like he just wants to like please his wife and like mm-hmm. g- give her money so she can go buy things and be happy and fulfilled wants to take care of his daughter help people like do good at his job and and then yet yeah, at the same time you have the neighborhood association like this mud b- b- ball they barely have technology like well, what mm-hmm. is this stuff and and and, and then he like like you you also see the the like other the the like hipsters move into yes. the neighborhood and they're they're like being mean and petty and the politics mm. are warlike down with the yeah. lizard people and and, and mm-hmm. stuff like that and you're just like oh i hope he picks Fred, and then like you see who like walks out of the t- t- test, and it's Dino. It's that like yeah, uh, there was absolutely <laughs> like no bad thoughts in this guy's <laughs> mind. And it's just like oh, good, I, <laughs> good move. <laughs> I'm going to flip past that page too fast because in that around that time, Dino is just sort of running around being rambunctious. Like if he sees something he likes on the TV, he will ram straight into the TV. Yeah. I think I read it too fast, and I thought that gag was Dino just like ramming into spaces he's not supposed to be in. <laughs> yeah, they, like, oh, they, he just 
they kind of lose him for a second, but I think mm. that happens off panel. Uh, okay. The, the, where they're just like, hey, I, I, I can't find Jano. Like, where is he? Uh, and then the great Gugazu at the end brings him back. And they're like, oh, you found him. So, uh, yeah, I like I, I think it's because so much is happening okay. within all of these books here that it's like they just didn't have the one panel where it's like we took him. Right. Um, OK. But. Well- but yeah, that 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 is the 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 thing. You're you're still right that they are taking a look at <laughs> at him to just be like he's 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 a good guy. Yeah, there's a look at Fred as a good man, not not necessarily asking is Fred Flintstone a good man, but Fred it's stating this is he is good and this is how he is good, which is something that never enters your mind when you're watching the Flintstones. You never sure. think of Fred. F- f- like you watch the show, you chuckle, you know, it's pleasant. It's been around forever. So these guys feel like aunts and uncles to you, but you never think oh, I'm fond of Fred. I love Fred. Fred is good. I look up to Fred and this story really makes you look at this man and look at the quality of his character and do this for the whole cast. Like it really adds a lot of dimension onto Wilma, who was mm-hmm. Just wife. W for Wilma, W for wife. This is how you remember what her role is. Yeah. Sure. Yep. (laughs) I think that's my favorite thing in the book is what they do with her. I like that they choose to make her a struggling artist. Like she does paintings. She does like handprint on the wall, just like all the ancient cave art we've seen in textbooks. Like that's her like new art style she's working through is these handprints and she has this really lovely story about why the handprints mean something to her, why that is her medium, why this is how she chooses to work. And she's struggling mm, yeah. to get her art, uh, like getting taken, taken seriously in galleries, getting taken seriously by the art community, trying to make a profit out of it, be able to like bring money home for her family the way Fred does. I really liked that approach to her character and it makes sense Wilma has always been so stylish. Like even as a little kid, I think subconsciously you look at her with the updo and the pearls and the like white pencil dress. Like she looks really classy. She's stylish. Yeah. Yeah. She looks stylish. She looks smart. She looks savvy. And I like that they kind of took that look to her and sort of extrapolated from that. Like maybe she is very or just a very artsy person. Yeah. (laughs) So let's show her trying to get an art career started yeah um which is an interesting thing because like I, I i think that style that outfit for her is supposed to speak more to oh she's the housewife right she's the mm. 50s housewife with like like doing the dishes and dusting and vacuuming while still ha- having her pearl mm. necklace on and in right um and like there is like that I, th- I think is one of the things that amazes me about this book is that every little thing is considered and has detail and has a joke or something, right? Has mm-hmm. some kind of substance. And yeah, she is an artist. It's not necessarily a new art style, the hand stuff, because they they all know cave paintings. That's oh, yeah. where their, their history came from. But it is her like it has per- personal meaning to her, mm-hmm. right? Like it's. It's it's like trying to establish yourself as an artist and all you do is still lifes. 
It's like, sure, you yeah. can be good at still yeah. life, but you're re- you're really not going to stand out easily. Mm. But there might be some personal connection to you. And so that's why you enjoy it and you're satisfied with your art or you find fulfillment. Um, and it, like it, I, I like the, the, the she has that tied. But then when she goes to the gallery opening and she has to pick an outfit, she picks this mm. like wild looking outfit yeah. this like avant garde looking thing and she's like this is the only one that looks like an artist would wear it and mm. i don't feel right yeah like she has this like imposter syndrome of just like i don't feel comfortable in this mm. like this is not me this is not who i am um and i i forget what she ends up wearing to that um but yeah, it, like I just like that. Like she still even struggles in that. Like she, like she has those kinds of insecurities and stuff, which is very relatable. Yeah, um, but she's still super stylish in her pearls and like white jujujujujujujujujujujujujujujujujujujujujujujujujujujujujujujujujujujujujujujujujujujujujujujujujujujujujujujujujujujujujujujujujujujujujujujujujujujujujujujujujujujujujujujujujujujujujujujujujujujuj
yeah i mean like that's that's the thing that i think really amazes me and really impresses me it's just that it's literally everything has some kind yeah. of explanation like they don't miss a beat like oh like yeah mm-hmm. you remember uh like the him saying yeah do here's the explanation behind that and it's a critique it's a sad it like it's some satirical thing of of society that like it it, it all fits and it's it, like none of it ever truly feels shoehorned in um mm. and I, I think part of that is also because it never really goes too deep into anything yeah. it's always moving on to something else mm. um but at the same time i like it that every little thing was taken into account and is considered um from the part-time jobs that pebbles and bam bam gets to all mm-hmm. the signs the stores the the, yes. the stuff that's happening in politics i love the the whole like i the, the whole like what is marriage and and they go yes. on this like marriage retreat and that's treated like the like they take the whole like you know certain christians don't like gay marriage and all that stuff and they take that but like but what if it was marriage instead like just the idea of and they just flip the whole thing and it works it's great it like it's it's entertaining it's man Mm -hmm. it's it's so much fun i love that the the two gay people uh in the comic of course are named adam and steve yes (laughs) (laughs) i think the marriage issue is for the uh for the thematic satirical aspect of of this series i think that's my favorite one because it's so specific to this prehistoric society where like everybody's grown up in sex caves like you said a big sex cave everybody's mating with each other you know it's sort of these big amalgamated (laughs) families and the the concept of monogamy is new and uh you know very few people are doing it like you've got fred and and wilma and you've got barney and betty but they you learn that they don't know that many other couples in their life and that people are still like married to one person your whole life you used to have two parents and a kid you know i grew up with like seven dads 16 moms we all lived in a cave together there were 20 kids it was great it worked fine back then yeah um yeah like i that whole marriage retreat thing is fantastic i like that there also is the like older married couple who mm-hmm. are the early adopters uh yes right? and, and they <laughs> and marriage at, at, didn't work yet <laughs> yeah and they they do the thing where they're just bickering the entire time um, i they felt like such a they felt like what sitcoms in the 1960s were like yes. they felt like lifted right out of the contemporary television age when the the Flintstones first existed. Yeah. Or even like in extrapolation of that, like it mm. is the husband and wife of those shows, but those shows often depicted them as a more perfect couple. Like it was the white picket fan. There were some stuff that had the like little arg- arg- arguments here and there, but this seems like they took that like, Okay, what if we fast forward in 20 years down the road and the like arguments are ratcheted up? Um, 
and yeah it, it worked and then of course they do the thing where at the end she's just like my hero and they're making yes. out on on the the mm. lawn there it's fantastic it's g- great um yeah and i like I, I i i also like that it's like there's a reason why the flintstones are monogamous it's also like one that fred is He's just satisfied. Like I like he Yes. He does not need anything else. Like his needs are being met in all sorts of different ways. And he's happy with that. Like he's not he's not being like, well, the right thing to do here is like we need to go make more babies and increase yeah. uh, the population and do all that stuff. Because that's the mm. right manly thing to go do. He's just not like I'm fine. Like I'm happy with what I have. Mm. Um, and then you also learn Wilma's backstory is that, oh, she she came from a family of of like hunters and gatherers and they were this like nomadic people. And then they kind of figured out agriculture. Like if we plant seeds along our normal path, there'll be food here next year. And then they start to do that. And they're like, why do we need to keep moving? Like, what if we settle down? And then they start to settle. And then it's like, well, I'll start trading you two goats for this and three goats for that and two chickens for that. Uh, Mm -hmm. And she gets married off to someone at a young age. She's about two. And she runs away. She's like, I'm having none of that. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. I like that specific look at I don't know if we really see <clears throat> like how they meet their their courtship, but I liked that origin story for the two of them and their their past growing up in their in their different environments. Like we see that Fred uh was part of a, again another nomadic tribe and when he's talking about how Adam and Steve should be allowed to get married just the way him and Wilma got married even if they are not producing children. He shares this memory of uh, dude, just the whole tribe, like struggling to physically move across the landscape. Like there's all these craggy rocks and mountains and everything they have to traverse. And, you know, like it shows his mom pushing him up a rock and then Adam and Steve are grabbing him. Like, don't worry, we got little Freddie. We're here to help you. And what a bond that they had that was strong and supporting and they were there to help the rest of the community and help everybody who did have kids. And you can see how that lends itself to him wanting to have this very uh, sort of stable, locked down supportive household with like him and Wilma and, and pebbles and helping out Barney and Betty and Bam Bam over there. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's an interesting way to kind of frame the, this is a, weird thing to say like the purpose of gay relationships i I don't know if that's the right thing to say uh but but yeah he was like most of the men like went out and hunted so at the end of the day there's really no one they're protecting quote unquote the women uh right or helping the kids move up these large mountains or through Mm. these dangerous spaces on top of that, they're the ones out there like gathering all of the plants and the berries and all that. Like they have other responsibilities. They needed more help to do this stuff. So people like Adam and Steve, uh, which I, I again, one thing I think the book does well, especially in this moment here, is it's not saying, 
but the gay people could help out and do this specific role. Yeah. It like it it is just like just people who aren't interested in having kids is yes. the way they framed it was like yeah. they could stay back. They they didn't have to like go on this hunt. They could do right like they they, they didn't have to follow the traditional mm-hmm. masculine or feminine like gender norms gender roles mm. or what have you like they could help out in whatever way they could help out like that was fine and it mm-hmm. worked like it's what we needed um so i think that that is uh, a good thing um but yeah um i i want to talk about the great gazoo okay I, this is one of my favorite bits in in the book. Most of the book, you don't have a narrator per se, mm. uh, but there are a few issues where the Great Gazoo is narrating. Um, and throughout the book, you get a number of different a- alien species visiting the planet. Uh, there's one where it's just a b- bunch of like spring breakers. <laughs> yeah. And, and they space just like. Break! Yeah, space, space break. break. <laughs> and they right. just and they go love, and drink I, and do drugs and throw up is, in people's houses and just they don't care about anything. It's, it's really here. funny in that it's you know exactly what it is, but there's not it, it's not particularly sharp. Like, I don't think. Spring break is a serious social problem that the world debates every spring. Like it just sort of is. It just sort of happens. So well, I like I mean, that we got this look at something the, very I, real that didn't have like a, an extra lesson onto it. Right. Like it's. I mean, like you can look at it in this sense of like there are towns anywhere outside of the United States that people like us might go to to vacation or something like mm. that and we just like Americans are loud they're boisterous they don't know much outside of the uh, America right and 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 so like that can kind of be the perception of 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 uh, us or it, like it doesn't even have to be Americans but when whenever you go to a foreign place and are just yeah being loud being obnoxious doing got just not understanding the culture right not mm. like fitting in in that way it's it's an interesting look at tourism and uh like escapism in 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 that sense in a way i'm not sure sure that i have the right words to fully Hmm. uh do all of that but uh yeah like i understand that that like there are places out there like cabo right that's just like like you can go to your resort that's there but also you can like I like so I've I've been to Cabo. Mm. I, I was mm. on the younger side, so I didn't really know anything about the culture there, all that stuff. I'll be honest. Well, one of the things that I did here, I think looking back on now, probably wasn't accurate or wasn't the greatest thing. Uh, but I also don't know how true it was of just like, yeah, stay on your resort. Don't go outside of it, really, because once you get outside of it, there's some the dangerous things happening they eat this they drink that don't do it like right and it's just like that's probably some racism happening right there that's probably just some i don't understand the culture 
Uh, but also, yeah, it's just like space break. <laughs> that, like that was the, the 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 joke. Like that was it. Um, mm. So yeah, like it, it's just it, I'm I'm fascinated that every detail has something. But like I said too, like there's also not it. It, it sometimes feels like there's not enough. Like they don't go deep into yeah. each of the topics did did did, did you ever feel that way yeah i could have used a little bit more of the great gazoo like he doesn't he's sort of put on earth as a a monitor almost like this is like a nature preserve that they're monitoring like you're the park ranger of earth great gazoo just sort of watch over everybody make sure nobody steals the picnic basket you know what a park ranger does he doesn't interact with the characters very much. Like he doesn't much, really yeah. talk. He monitors Fred. He doesn't really talk with Fred. Yeah. And like, I, I, I wish there was more of him in there. I wish there was some deeper, sharper critiques, uh, in, in this book of all sorts of stuff. Um, but I, I think the book works really well as just 12 issues. That's it. I think if it was longer than that or it tried mm. to keep going, that's when I think the, the style and the format of what they yeah. were doing maybe falls apart. Um, so thankfully, they did not do that stuff. But yes, I, mm. I loved the great kazoo. I liked that. He, yeah, he is your like stereotypical like is humanity good like i kind of need to mm. prove to my higher ups that they're fine like they might not be the the, the 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 smartest they might not be the toughest or the strongest but they're fine they're interesting they're fascinating mm. they they and like they he even has some critiques which is also this is a weird thing to say for the flintstones this is what good sci-fi does yeah right yeah I, I i i don't see the flintstones as sci-fi but the inclusion of the great mm -hmm. kazoo oddly kind of makes it sci-fi uh yeah wh right where it is this like one step removed of like let's look at uh humanity but through a different lens mm. here he has that i mean it, it's one step removed not in that like let's look at a society of aliens and uh, like mm -hmm. these green skinned men and see how they live we're not so different, you and I, right? Uh, it's it's not that, but he is this like third party observer, being like, okay, you guys do this, but why do you do this when like the survival of your species depends on X and Y? But you're not mm. like you're at odds. But like he has these interesting observations of this very objective point of view mm. of humanity like hey to to be your bet like to survive and do all this stuff you need to do like you need to mate and make more babies and do all that stuff you need to do this and that but you guys make art which has no yeah. meaning and do yes. this and that you have a leisure class you buy things you don't need you do that like mm. and yeah, he just had he just had some some interesting observations uh, in in there. But I I I like that he is also then go, 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 going back to like report re, report back to space Las Vegas of like yeah. what are the betting odds that this planet yes. survives? <laughs> and I like that 
it looks like a mishmash of all these different worldly buildings because that's what Vegas is. Like you have right, yeah. a little Empire State Building and a little uh, Eiffel, Eiffel Tower, Tower and yeah. a little pyramid. <laughs> like they don't have to change it. They just got to put a sci-fi gloss over existing Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. I like it a lot. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's, 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 he's fun. I, I was kind of wondering if that's how uh, the, that booster gold story was getting him work uh, that somehow he knew about stuff happening in the future or something, but no, it's a whole time travel thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Oh, well, <laughs> I, one of my favorite supporting characters is Professor Sargon, who Pebbles and Bam Bam at school have a science lesson that's taught by just Carl Sagan. Carl Sagan with a prehistoric like buckskin turtleneck. Yep. And he's not just there for like one panel or one page. He exists. He's one of the townspeople. You, you keep <laughs> seeing Professor Sargon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I, I i like yeah i mean it's it's neat that they have these part-time jobs i like the role that science is playing in their community yeah. too they are discovering new things and i think it also fits in with the plots about uh re religion too because yes. of, co of course people like to pit the two against one another well god says this and explains it mm. one way but Science says this one thing and it, like they they really kind of explain science and what the purpose of science is in in this. I think really like it's I forget exactly what he says. Do you do you remember? But like it's it's something like you like it's not about knowing the specific thing or all the answers. It's about like making the best guess and then right, when you get yeah. more info making another best guess um yeah it's about changing not like sticking with your original guess uh the way perhaps like it it's which is something that even like the church doesn't do like the when we first see the concept of religion in this world it's like zorp people worship Zorp and then people are questioning like, well, what's the point of Zorp? What does Zorp do for me? And you see this church that like, <laughs> like kind of understands church, but doesn't have a deity. Like, I don't know what to believe yet. Like they, that, that doesn't exist to them. So it's these guys like brainstorming. What do the people need? And they end up uh, with this sort of invisible presence who they named Gerald. And eventually they need to. And like, that's the cap at the end of the story that you were talking about earlier, that they want to put this aphorism on the sign and they can't fit all the words. So instead of writing Gerald, they just write G dash D. And that's how we get the concept of God from yeah. Gerald. <laughs> but I those guys who run the church, it's like one guy and then another guy we, we sometimes see. I don't think they have names. We never like. Uh, get to really identify them they're just like the yeah. the priests of gerald but they're kind of i i like that those guys were pretty nice and like there's the uh the bit where that really rich lady comes to them and says i think i did something wrong i want to make things right with gerald and the priest is like well maybe you could help us serve coffee to parishioners on sunday and she's like i'm too busy can i just like give you some money and you do it but like that makes me right with gerald so then they start running that scheme, but like it wasn't their idea. She just handed them the money and they're like, oh boy. 
but they still say they stay humble. It's not like then you see the priest with a giant gold watch or whatever. Like, I like that those guys were continually like really trying to encourage people, trying to give them something that would give them peace of mind, trying to figure things out like they weren't necessarily. Yeah. Even though you see them trying to invent a thing for everybody to come to this building and worship and maybe give them a little money. They don't seem like charlatans. Like they don't seem like shysters. They seem like they are sincerely trying to provide a service to the people that they think the people need. And I really love when he's the you see the priest like talking to this old woman on her deathbed and she's like, I guess I'm going to be with Gerald now. And he's like holding her hand and like looking at her really warmly. And it's this the comparison between like the pri- the priest of Gerald and Professor Sargon. And it's science helps us learn what to believe. The religion helps us know why we believe, why we believe anything, why we believe in the concept of believing, like just that we have something that keeps us going through life. Like it doesn't matter what it is. It could be Zorp. It could be Gerald. You just need to have that propulsion in your life. And that's what they're figuring out that religion like that's the need they saw and that's what they're trying to give to the people. And yeah. I thought that was a, a a very empathetic way to look at it. Yeah. The the book never gets so cynical about yes. certain things. Like with the uh like the contribution tithing kind of yes. stuff. Like you could see, like easily see that like okay let's take a more cynical look at the church and just uh-huh. start blasting it and just be like the church yeah. is bad it's evil it's that it's that but they they stop just short of that and they mm-hmm. go like yes that is something that maybe some of them have discovered and maybe employ or take advantage of but in the case of this book and what the book needs to do like that's not what this book needs to do yeah like you Mm -hmm. explained they are just trying to provide some kind of service for the people or some like to to, to fill some need for those that need it um and like that is also something that i find interesting too that it's not it's not a like it's not a scathing critique on religion in in the sense that like all this stuff is fake and like people Mm -hmm. who believe this they're stupid right it's it's like no there's some there's some people that they just need something like that for whatever yeah. reason and that's okay like that like if they want to believe that they can and from their perspective if that's real to them let them have that right like mm-hmm. but then there's people who also like want to go to science but also science is ever changing. It's not so, mm. so like it, it is always this one thing, this one way, like we're constantly learning mm. new things and yeah. it will change and evolve. And the way things once were might not be what they are down the road. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah, I, I think you nailed it when you said it's an empathetic take yeah. uh, on, 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 that but it's not it's not just church and religion too it's also politics like it mm-hmm. it adeptly it adeptly walks the line of talking about politics without being 
yeah so leaning to one side that it's like mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. obviously this 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 book is this one way i i yeah. think it's left leaning enough uh that is fairly obvious but it is also not so scathing of a critique on right wing stuff or, or mm. left wing stuff like it, it it walks a fine line that is more so just about like at the end of the day just be nice just be yeah. nice to people right be <laughs> empathetic yes um, i i do like how the pol- the the political storyline kind of wraps up where they get like Zod the Destroy no Zod the Destroyer is Claude. Superman's villain Claude Claude <laughs> Claude the Destroyer <laughs> I like that they look at him and they're like he's really living in his own fantasy world all he wants to do is is chase the lizard people I love the the continual foe of the lizard people when we see them they just like they wear lizard masks and they lie on big platform rocks they That's just do they lizard things they're not bothering you Wilma, uh, th- the filmmaker <laughs> Werner Herzrock sees some of her paintings and is like, I will get her to art direct my new film. Also, film itself is new. He's like the first director. They're just figuring out what film is. Yeah. So she helps him build this cave set. And they're like, if Claude is so lost in his own fantasy world, if he can't see the world the way it really is, let's literally <laughs> put him in a set. He's in a set of an office. He's talking into like prop phones and stuff. He won't know the difference. So we're able to quietly like get the comptroller in there to actually make all the decision. And Claude is just like this, you know, oblivious figurehead. I yeah. That was like a connection between those two storylines I didn't see coming. It's silly, but this whole series is so silly. It, it works yeah. in the context of what's going on. For sure. Yeah. I mean, like that is the, the thing with, politics too is that they they present this candidate claude who who is is just a beefcake like yes absolutely conan the barbarian oh yeah like yeah this is the sword and sorcery look you're you've been looking for i've been hoping for listen to this um and he it like his only like campaign thing is down with the lizard people (laughs) they are a threat they will mm. destroy uh, uh, us one day because what are they really up to? We don't yeah. know. That that they're just being weird. So let's dest- destroy them before before they're actually you know taking our children or taking our land and stuff like that. Uh, and then is is it Fred that like speaks up or is it someone yes. else? Yes. Yes, I actually I like took a picture of this page on my tablet because I thought it was really eloquent where Claude has been wanting to put more money into defense, which is just dinosaur armor, cooler and cooler dinosaur armor. It's like they take money away from the children's hospital. And at an earlier point, Fred did have this really nice speech about like, what is the purpose of a man? A man's purpose is to impregnate the woman and breed more children and then keep those children safe if we are not funding the children's hospital what is the point of men (laughs) what else are we good for like we have to be able to do that and so they're taking money away from the children's hospital like they cut the the budget for like 
food and agriculture. So like in everybody's just eating Tarbies, which is their 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 prehistoric Arby's. Fred doesn't have a pension money. He has Arby's coupons. Like Claude's slashing everything in the budget to pay for for dinosaur armor. And Fred says, uh, so like Claude's saying, how many how many ferns have lizard people stolen? Lizard people are bedrock's enemies and war costs money. This is why Claude closed hospital. This is why Claude cut spending. And then Fred says, yeah, they stole some ferns. But every day we do worse things to each other right here in bedrock. The truth is we're just weirded out by them. And for that, we turned our backs on sick children. For that, we traded our retirement for loose meat sandwiches. We take money out of our schools and make life harder for ourselves. And for what? To kill a few lizard people? If we're looking for places to cut back, then I say racism is the most expensive luxury we have. Yeah. Like, Fred's smart. Fred sees things. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And I I like that in that speech, he includes himself in the, like, we're mm. weirded out by, by that. Like, he's not saying, like, you guys are just weirded out mm. by, by them. That's why you act th- this way. It's I'm weirded out by them, too. I don't understand them. But I know that, like, I, like that's just us being racist, right? Like, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> um, yeah, like, I, 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 I think they have. Man, they have moments like that, little speeches or little monologues that every now and then just hit. And mm-hmm. like it's it just like, ooh, that like that is the sharper critique or the I, like the, the just just poignant statements. It's not some yeah. of them aren't necessarily critiques, but just like, huh. I like it just information that I never really thought of that way. One of my favorites um, was when I think when Professor Sargon first shows up at the school to give a speech and is explaining the universe. Right. And he's mm-hmm. he's like, just all these things out there came together to form our galaxy. Then within our within our galaxy, all of the stuff that was inside that came together to form planets the things on the planets came together to form plant life and animals and humans. And now humans are coming together to create society and civilization and mm-hmm. towns and like all of the, that stuff. And he's like, this is a pattern. Like all, all of this stuff is happening because everything in the universe is lonely. And that was yes. it. Like that, that was the end of the page. And it was just uh. like, that was the end of the expl- explanation. And it was just like, Huh. Okay. Yeah. Well, he's not that wrong. Is, like, <laughs> right? I was just that like, is that, such that a hits. theme. That's such a theme throughout the book. Like, that's one of the great things they do with Mr. Slate's character. Mr. Clayton yeah. Slate, who is the we all remember Fred's boss from the show and from the live action John Goodman movie. Yeah. He's selfish. He's greedy. All he wants to do is make profit. Like he sees his name on the sign, like Slate Quarry. And he's like, this is my legacy. I'll live forever if I keep this business thriving. He's so petty, but he is so lonely. Like in the first issue, you see him invite everybody over for like a hot tub party. And then everybody leaves and it's just him and his like turtle, Philip, this real slow old old turtle who crawls around and like brings him stuff. Cream. By that time, he gets the ice cream all <laughs> <Yeah>. melted. 
It's great. He tries to trade up for a cool eagle, and in the end, he just goes back to Philip because he loves Philip. Philip is patient and listens to him in his own way. Philip never reacts, but you can see Slate seeing that in Philip, patience and grace. And so that's why he loves Philip. But I I also want to talk about the animals in in the story. Like because we all know from the Flintstones, like the animals are their appliances. Like you've got Dino, and I think maybe the the Rubbles have got like a pet saber tooth tiger, but like the pets are unusual in this world. Largely they are appliances. Like so they go to the the tar pit or the 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 Home Depot, the the Home Depot Bone equivalent. Depot, that's what Bone it was. Depot. Bone Depot. Okay, yeah. They got to buy the animal Just appliances. They buy they buy Power Goat, and Power Goat just keeps saying, Power Goat! Power Goat 3000. Power Goat. <laughs> my favorite Kaiju Max character. I love Power Goat. Right. Yes, I'm glad you brought that up, because like this book reminds me a lot of Kaiju Max, just in yes. the, like jokes everywhere, references mm-hmm. everywhere, visual gags here, visual gags there. But yeah, even the way it deals with the appliances and how they kind of have their society going on yeah. at the house here, uh, ones that, that are kept in the closet versus ones that are kept in the house or in the g- yes. garage, what their feelings are, are like. It just, it yeah, absolutely reminded me of Kaiju Max. Yeah. I, you go to the store, Fred's like, can I get a bag of appliance chow, please? Yep. This is very funny. And like they call each other appliance as the like yes. stand in for the N word. Like, what's up, appliance? Mm. Right. Yeah, that's it's their group name. They they hate Dino. They don't understand Dino. He is not part of the club. He is not an appliance. And so when it when it's nighttime or when the whole family's out of the house, you see the animals like the speak for themselves they have this like toy story moment where they like come to life and uh the vacuum cleaner is this really sweet little purple elephant who like gets put in the closet and he can't open the door by himself it's like fred's armadillo bowling ball like uncurls at night and opens the door and bowling ball and vacuum are are friends and most emotional stories in this book is between bowling ball and vacuum right (laughs) vacuum is like do you know any jokes and bowling ball's like no and he's like okay i've heard that jokes exist and i really want to hear one someday i think this is what friends talk to each other about which i think is in is a reference to the office because they they do they make that joke in the office michael scott is like oh i love inside jokes I can't wait to be a part of one one day. Right. <laughs> and, and like, that's what they do here is like, man, I can't, I, I can't wait to just know a joke. Right. Well, <laughs> when you live in a closet, there are jokes in a closet. He doesn't get right, to go yeah. out. You know, he, yeah. he's in a vacuum. So he doesn't know these things. And then in the issue, when cinema exists, suddenly this is one of my favorite gags in the whole series is like Fred. It's like a one page gag in like the middle of a story where Fred calls Barney and he's like, Barney, I heard that there's one of these new movies where you see women bear it all. And he's like, no, Barney calls him about it. And Fred's like, Barney, you and I are married men. And he's like, but aren't you curious? Don't you want to see? 
So they put on these trench coats and they huddle in and they go to the theater to go see shale magnolias instead of steel (laughs) magnolias. And the next day they're like talking to the other guys around like the lunch table at work. And they're like, then these women, you know, they got so much issues, so many, so much baggage. And then all the barriers to communication come down. (laughs) And then Barney says, did they're all coming down like they're talking about it like it is porn and yes. it's just for a society where women are like it's prehistoric times everybody is naked or like barely wearing anything so it is the emotional nudity of steel magnolias that really gets to them yeah and they're like we are horned up for honesty and communication and you see them get four friends and they go back still like huddled up in the pervert trench coats to go so see great. like uh, like the Brid- bridges of Mattistone County, uh, so the, good. the Joy Rock Club. And I think Vacuum sneaks out and goes to one of these because he's heard Fred talking mm-hmm. about it. And then they make him like they, the employees at the theater think, oh, this is our vacuum. Time to vacuum the theater floor. And he's like, theater floor? No. And that kills him. He vacuums up a movie theater carpet and then he dies. Yeah, it's too much. It's so, it's such a classic gag. Movie theater carpet, gross. It's so hackneyed. I, I don't. It's still it. It is pervasive to this day. Everybody knows this thing. So to have this very dumb old joke combined with a truly tragic supporting character death, or no, this thing is so bad it will kill you. And the fact that it kills you is very funny and very sad. And then so he comes home and he's sick. He doesn't die right away. Like he dies in the night and Fred goes out bowling and the armadillo bowling ball finally hears a joke for the first time. And it's it's Barney's telling Fred, what does a pirate say when he, what does a pirate say on his 80th birthday? Gee, I don't know, Barn. What does he say? I matey. And then the armadillo is like, oh, that's a joke. That's the joke thing Vacuum talks about. When I get home, I'm going to tell Vacuum the joke, his first ever joke. And he gets home and Vacuum is dead. And it's, and Wilma's like, oh, the, the vacuum cleaner died. I don't, I don't know what happened. Oh, gee, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to see it go. Like, it's this sort of, like, it is an animal, but it is also an object. And so she's in this weird, like, middle place in her grief, like, I guess we put him in the trash can and I, I guess we, we, we'll get a new one at some point. And they end up pulling yeah. the shop vac out of the garage, which is just the same little purple elephant, but it's got like a different, it's like a handle on its back. <laughs> and so shop vac is just like vacuum generation two. And Armadillo's like, do you want to be friends with me? Do you want to hear a joke? Yeah, it's so it's, like it's so sweet. It's so emotional. Yes. It's such a gut punch. But it's yes. just like, ah, uh, yeah. Like I, I, it's it's wild to me how quickly the needle can swing back and forth in this book of like joke, emotional thing, sharp criticism, poignant statement, like back to just some completely ridiculous joke. Uh, mm. to, uh, yeah, and it's just like this whole experience was just fun. It was amazing. It was yes. like it's a, it's a it's a good twelve issue. It's a good graphic novel. Yes. It just 
it's man it's so like just as a complete package like i'm glad they made yes. this and i'm i'm glad that they stopped with this i know mm. i kind of mentioned i think if they kept it going there is a way to do it but the way that they made this book i don't think works for a longer series but i'm i'm glad mm. that like this is what they chose to do and that's it it's just the, these 12 yeah. issues and that's it um it, it works it works so well it's so absolutely solid it's really funny it's touching it's it looks so good everything's really well designed very there's a lot of thought put into it i love it pebbles like rock and roll t-shirts for the uh for the stone age like i love her nick caveman shirt yep i love nick cave that was it felt like a personal treat for me i love when it's fred's when it's fred's birthday and she gives him a record from t-rex which is yeah. just still t-rex <laughs> still just t-rex which is great and then the statue barney makes of him and fred as best friends where they're just like you know got their arms around each other just like celebrating 20 they years of being best, best friends, friends. <laughs> And they're just all buff. They look like handsome Squidward. It's so funny. Not that they aren't buff to begin with. Everybody in this book is like a unit. Fred's thighs are like tree trunks. They're all massive. But the statue of them is like this pretty boy buff. Like it's I said, handsome literally Squidward. chiseled. They're, yes. they're literally <laughs> chiseled, right? Yeah, like they are they are big, like you said, but they are that like functional muscle. They're not yes. where they're not really going for definition. They're just kind of big. Um, mm. and, and then, yeah, these these statues are just like beach body muscle yes. competition like stuff. They're just being like, man, what great friends we are. <laughs> and that was the thing, like when you or earlier on, when you were talking about the book examining Fred as just a yes. nice guy or, or not like not mm. asking the question, but just stating it. I think yeah. this is one of the best examples. Yeah. Like, he gets this statue for his birthday, and it, he just kind of thinks it's ugly. Like, he actually mm -hmm. does not like the statue, but his, it, his, like, it's a gift from his best friend. And so he wants to please his best friend and just has this thing. And, like, he looks out the window and sees Fred, and then, you know, you know, they're just like waving at each other. Like, I, hey, neighbor. I love, like, I love that whenever they talk about the statue, he looks out the window at the statue in his front lawn and then across the yard, like, Barney's waving at him out the window, like, permanently. Every time he sees the statue, there's Barney. Hey, Fred, I'm still here. Hi, neighbor. It's me, it's me, Barney, your best friend. <laughs> yeah. But that, like, that's when the like neighborhood hipster, the the like the people gentrifying mm. the neighborhood, come up and they're just like, "Hey, so right off the bat, we want you to know this isn't about your lifestyle, but this statue <laughs> is like kind of bothering other people, and it's just kind of like it it's." depreciating our our value of the property that we own we can't airbnb this out at, at mm. the, the rates that we want because of this statue so can you get rid of it and he's just mm. like look guys let me be the first to let you know that i also don't like this statue yes but my friend gave it to me 
And mm. I, that means I cannot get rid. Like that's just what a good, a good guy. Like yes, what a good, yes. good, good friend. Like to a fault. Just Kind. like I hate this Kind. statue, but I'm keeping it because my friend gave it to me, and I love my friend. Like, <laughs> what a good guy! What a good I, guy! I do have Rinfield tickets, uh, so I want to yes. start heading towards the finish line. Do you have any other final thoughts on the Flintstones? The last thing I will say is actually how the book starts uh, with a jo a joke in oh, modern yeah. day ch chimes. Just like, man, we have this caveman here at the museum. I bet he was some important person, all that stuff. And then you find out in issue one that he's one of those crow magnon people mm. that come to, to work and they just they don't understand society. They're not as uh not as educated and all that stuff and he ends up falling in this ice pit trying to kill a mammoth at mr slate's request and the thing he got yeah. as payment was his necklace his like shiny yeah. necklace which is the thing they think that makes him important yeah he was just a no one like just, yeah <laughs> and yeah and they funny. remember him but yeah. in the future, no who knows if they know who Mr. Slate is? <laughs> yeah, ex exactly. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, that's all I, I have to say uh, mm. on the Flintstones. Good book. Go check it out. Absolutely. Um, uh, I already got bingo open. I was yes, able to cross it off a on couple screen. I was able to cross off fake food, fake fast food brand. Yes. Yes. Hiding yes. in a closet. Uh, I also gave myself nosy neighbor, even though Fred and Barney are best friends. I mean, it is kind of nosy to make a full statue of somebody as a surprise for their birthday. Um, you think I get nosy neighbor here. for that? Wait, just for how is... oh, just for how involved everybody is in each other's lives in this story. Like, where is nosy the... neighbor on your thing? Do we? I, I'm oh, it is um, it on your rightmost row, uh, right column, second up from the bottom. Oh, oh, OK. I was looking at the white ones to 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 be, be like, oh, you have it marked, but you oh, already I already it filled it up. in. Yeah. OK, yep. All right. That's why I was I like, it. I can't find nosy neighbor. <laughs> uh, what, question for you. Does yes. Philip the turtle count as butler? He's the butler so. archetype for sure. I don't because it's not his home. It, it's like his assistant. It, it's more so like I don't want to say secretary because I think he also has a secretary. But no, he, I like, think Philip is just at his house. I don't think Philip really? goes to the office with Mr. Slate. I guess it's hard to tell one rock wall from right. the other. <laughs> um. I never saw him as a butler, but I can see okay. the argument. I don't know. I, um, well, I've, if I, you want to save it for later for the classic man in a black suit, I'll save Butler yeah. for like the 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 penny if, worth. If he had on like a little fake like suit and tie to make him look That's the part, then missing. absolutely. Okay. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no bow tie. Um, no butler. <laughs> So you you wrote down hiding in a closet. I have yeah. that one, too. So I'm going to go ahead and mark that guy. Even though it is, you know, as well, the vacuum cleaner just it's not hiding. That's just where he lives. But yeah, stuck I in think closet, that's fine too. Yeah. 
Um, dealing with a pet, treasure map, awkward hand touch, no, driving the bus, no, fake fast food name. Yep, we got that. Um, I think that's, well, the diary, the Great Kazoo's reports aren't really diary entries. No. Um, so, I think that's kind of it for me unfortunately we don't get didn't realize my own strength because bam bam oh. definitely realizes his own he, strength right. he's 14 now he knows yeah um i think that's kind of it mm-hmm. i need a closet fake fast food nosy neighbor all that good stuff okay cool that's our bingo update we're getting cl- close you actually mm. have one now you have, I have one, one now bingo Bingo on Melissa's side. That's the first bingo yes. of the year. Yes. Okay. We <laughs> Okay, good stuff. We don't have to read them off. We can do that another week. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, well, let's get into recommendations. Melissa, mm. what would you recommend uh, for people who enjoyed this? As a nice as a nice cycle, the Flintstones, the first primetime animated sitcom, informed The Simpsons. Uh, and mm. I feel like The Simpsons loops back around and informs this Flintstones comic a lot. This feels very Simpsons. You've got the you've got the boss figure. You've got the church scenes like structurally. It's very Simpsonic. Yep. Oh, you've yeah. got a local wacky right. scientist. Yeah. I can, yeah, that's actually a great one. Yeah, absolutely. The Simpsons. Also, I think the approach of taking current day social problems and putting them in an entirely different time period, even if it is an opposite time period is very Futurama as well. Can never go wrong with some Simpsons and Futurama. Yep. Absolutely. Um, I mean, you can also kind of throw the Jetsons in there. Like it's just the the flip of the Flintstones of like, what if they're not Mm -hmm. prehistoric, but they're in the future. Um, Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I I think absolutely with that stuff. A handful of years ago, I did revisit the live action Flintstones movie from the 90s. And I got to say, production design wise, I don't think that movie can be better than what it is. Like costumes, sets, props. <clears throat> I, I don't know if I can speak too much to the quality of the, the movie as a whole. But in terms of the visuals of the thing, of it translating the cartoon like and putting it on rock, screen. Yeah. Right. Uh, unimpeachable. I think the movie's like really neat to look back on in that regard, just to what, able, what they were able to do artistically there. Yeah. Uh, I would also recommend the 90s Brady Bunch movie huh. where the Brady Bunch still exists in the 90s as if it was like 1972 and they stick out like sore thumbs, but they continue to live their lifestyle and love each other and try and spread that love to the cynical nineties. There you go. Good stuff. Good stuff. Very funny. Uh, Earlier on in the podcast, we mentioned Kaiju Max. Uh, We Mm -hmm. have all of the Kaiju Max comics here on the review show on three separate episodes because there's six volumes total. Um, but or there yeah there's six volumes out of the first one when we covered volumes one through two was on episode 224 if you guys want to go check that one out uh that is 
a like prison story, but it's all kaiju. It's giant monsters and the politics within the prison, uh, the stuff that the guards get up to, the stuff the inmates get up to. <laughs> to. But yeah, if you are a fan of kaiju movies or mech movies, uh, if you're a fan of like anime, like all, all, all that stuff like that, it's in there. But it is the same kind of like critiques and all of the that good stuff that the Flintstones have uh, here in this one. So I think those are some mm-hmm. good recommendations to go yes. ch- check out. Melissa, it is your turn to pitch yes. what we do this next week. So what are the options? What do you got? So n- the next episode we record of the review show will release on the five year anniversary of the release date of my first review show episode. There you go. After the whatnots was converted into the review show, uh, you did a couple episodes by yourself, kind of figuring things mm-hmm. out after a past co-host departed for other things. Just to keep and things moving along. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You did a couple by yourself, and then I came in on episode four, and I've just never left. <laughs> Good. <laughs> I was the one-off guest host who just uh, stuck around, and I'm still here five years later. So because this is a personal milestone, I wanted to do something special. A movie that I think that you and I know you and I both like a movie we have referenced. We have talked about. I've always wanted us to cover it. It's always Mm. felt special to me in that I've wanted to do it for like an anniversary or a 100th or 200th episode or whatever. I'm like, I don't think this is significant to anybody else but you and me. I don't know if this is going to be like celebration worthy to a single other party. So I'm like for my five year anniversary, I am picking this movie. I'm not pitching you things. I am just announcing that we are doing this and I know you won't have any complaints about it. Uh, yeah. I'm, I, <laughs> I really want us to dig into this movie. This is a cult classic of our generation, or at least it was when it came out. And I really want to look at what makes this movie special. Why does it continue to work on us? And do you think it still continues to work on society as a whole as a whole? Is this movie mm. still a cult classic today? And that movie is Napoleon Dynamite. Hell yeah. <laughs> Frickin' sweet. Frickin For next sweet. week, I announce, I decree Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> Hell yeah. That that sounds fantastic. Um yeah, I man, I I I loved this movie when it came out. I watched it in theaters, I think. Uh, and, and yeah, just man, so many good memories qu- quoting this. We still mm. qu- qu- quote it all the time. Yes, good stuff. Uh, that will be fun. That's what we'll do for episode yeah. two hundred and fifty-one. Good stuff. I I was kind of imagining we'd like go back to p- Pokemon stuff because we had the ah. original 250 but then mu was 251 right or no 150, Man, the, 150 we, ta- we talked Fuck. about i screwed it up we talked I'm about a terrible 90s we, kid we talked about pokemon the first movie for episode 150 <laughs> yeah we did <laughs> i don't know i'm all messed up in the mm. brain i haven't eaten yet so i'm oh, <laughs> go eat that's what i'm gonna do melissa you're about to head to the movies to go see ren Hale. so we will wrap things up right there uh where can the people find you on the internet 
You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at WilkyWit. That's W-I-L-K-Y-W-I-T. And listen to my other podcast, Saturday Morning Obscurities. This is a show I co-host with my brother, Jams, where we talk about weird old kid shows you feel like only you remember. But sometimes we do an episode on a, a big, a very popular show. We call those Saturday Morning Giants. And last year, to mark his birth, we did do an episode about the Jetsons. Uh, so if nice. you want more Flintstones adjacent type discussion, we did an episode talking about one episode of the original 60s run of the Jetsons and an episode of the 80s revival of the Jetsons to mark cool. 2022, the year of George Jetson's birth. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, yeah. If you guys want to follow me, I am at Yo Kyle Springer. Uh, and if you would like to stay up to date with all of the stuff that we do here at The Whatnots, we are at The Whatnots on Twitter. Uh, so please go like, share, and subscribe. That would help us out a ton. I will put the episode, the first Kaiju Max uh, stuff that we did right what? over there. Go check that one out because that's a great book too. Um, so yeah, this has been number 250 of The Whatnots Review Show. We will see you all next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.